Hello everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with the September 21st edition of EV. Today's the Electrical Economy Podcast is sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications at the time. In today's broadcast, we explore some weekly economic indicators that will give you a sense of where the electrical economy may be headed in the coming weeks and dig into some other metrics measuring the construction market that will be of interest. We'll also be looking at some very large new construction projects that have been in the news recently because they've broken ground or are in the planning stages. Let's first check out some weekly economic indicators that can offer an early indicator for where the market may be headed and where at any economic term may be for the recurring for the better. These weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring today's electrical economy for 2020. Let's look first at the unemployment claims at the state level. The weekly unemployment data from the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics highlights the states with the most unemployment claims so far in the COVID-19 crisis. This data is valuable to electrical distributors, manufacturers, and independent reps because it offers empirical evidence of just how big an issue layoffs are now at the local level. On a more positive note, when these claims start declining and establish a trend in a more positive direction, it will be a clue for you about when the economy in that state may be starting to improve. Here's a look at the most recent unemployment data. The unemployment rate for the week of ending September 5th was 8.6%, which is actually a decrease of 0.7% from the previous week's unrevised claim. When you look at the unemployment data by a pure claims count for the week of September 12th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 790,021, a decrease of 75,974 from the previous week's revised level. The states with the most new unemployment claims for the week ending September 12th were California, 230,225, New York with 62,950 claims, Texas with 49,644 claims, Georgia with 42,080 claims, and Florida with 33,821 claims. All of the states listed on this slide show declines in unemployment claims over the previous week's figures. Texas had the most significant decrease at 15,647, followed by California at 13,179. One of the more interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, which publishes this data weekly at www.aar.org. For the past week, the latest data from the American Association of Railroads showed that total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 474,785 carloads and intermodal units which is down 9.9% compared with the same week last year. On a year-to-date basis, total combined U.S. traffic for the first 37 weeks of 2020 was 17,043,156 carloads and intermodal units, a decrease of 11.2% compared to last year. Of the 10 carload commodity groups in the AR data, one posted an increase compared to the same week again in 2019. It was grain, which was up 3,098 carloads to 21,550 carloads. Commodity groups that posted decreases compared with the same week of last year included coal, which is down 20,518 carloads to 60,278, 
non-metallic minerals down 9,007 carloads to 26,760, and metallic ores and metals down 4,648 carloads to 18,157 carloads. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes recount, which tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. This data is available by the state, basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and shit gas deposits. It really gives you a sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. It's the same story on a number of oil rigs operating in the United States. The decline continues. The total rig count for eight oil basins or gas basins that account for the bulk of the onshore drilling activity in the U.S. stands at 218 oil rigs and gas rigs, which is down approximately 68% from this time last year. That's a drop of 486 rigs. The Permian Basin accounted for the largest portion of this decrease with a decline of 294 rigs. However, these declines have actually moderated somewhat compared to what we've seen over the past few weeks. The price for a barrel of the benchmark West Texas Intermediate Oil stayed below $40 a barrel for most of the last couple of weeks. It's been the longest stretch in quite a while where it has stayed below this level and oil prices have a long way to go to get to a price where drillers make money. That varies by region, but a good rule of thumb is $60 per barrel. Economists like to call copper Dr. Copper. That's because it's a leading economic indicator for future economic activity because it's used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the leading markets because of its use in wire and cable and copper plumbing pipe. Copper prices have continued to increase and have continued their move above $3 per pound for most of September. It's a level they haven't seen since the June of 2018. Monthly construction starts increase in August, according to Dodge Data Analytics, one of Electrical Wholesaling's primary sources for construction data on the national and project level. Years ago, Electrical Wholesaling, eCenter Magazine, and Electrical Marketing Newsletter were all owned by McGraw-Hill along with Dodge. It's a great source of information if you're looking for anything on the project level data, the local level, as well as different national cuts on the data. You can find more information about what Dodge publishes in the construction data area at www.construction.com. Dodge is showing a 19% increase in total construction in August, off of July's low level, of course, but an increase is an increase. That increase is showing at $793.2 billion in total construction through August. Non-residential building construction was up 16% and residential building construction was up 12% in August. As you can imagine, the year-to-date data was not as encouraging with total construction down 14% compared to construction data through August of 2019. Non-residential building construction was down 24%. Residential construction was flat according to Dodge. Despite the declines reflected in the year-to-date data, I found the number of new construction projects in the news over the past two weeks to be encouraging. The largest project was a $1.3 billion wastewater control plant that broke ground in San Francisco, according to Dodge Data and Analytics. Dodge also reported on the start of an $888 million utility project, the Donier Point Clean Energy Project in Donier Point, Florida. Dodge also reported on a $740 million Texas Instruments plant in Richardson, Texas, and a $700 million mixed-use and hotel project that started in Boston. Also of note were the $310 million new stadium for San Diego State University, a $268 million new phase of the Hall of Fame Village and the NFL's Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and the $200 million Space Coast Town Center, which broke ground in Melbourne, Florida. 
I also wanted to call attention to the $700 million project Ford now has underway to build electric Ford F-150 trucks. The Bush Electrical Vehicle Center is in Dearborn, Michigan. As the proud owner of a 2003 Ford F-150 with 113,000 miles on it that's become a bit of a restoration project, I find this particularly interesting. Another project that caught my eye is the $250 million Legacy Sports Park in Mesa, Arizona that recently broke ground near the Phoenix Airport. It will include 16 NBA-sized basketball courts, a 100,000-square-foot indoor facility for eSports, 21 soccer fields, baseball fields, softball fields, and facilities for all sorts of other sports. It sounds like a sports nuts paradise. And I'm looking forward to seeing this project someday. In the Department of Future Construction News, I found some news that broke this past week on BP's new focus on green energy to be of interest. Last week, the company announced a $1.1 billion investment in the offshore wind farms that will be built off the coast of New Jersey, New York, and into southern New England. BP is partnering with Equinor in these projects. Equinor is a Norwegian oil company that itself is building its renewable assets and is now one of Europe's largest wind farm players. BP also announced its plan to begin investing $5 billion a year in its renewable assets and increasing its renewable generating capacity from 2.5 gigawatts in 2019 to 50 gigawatts in 2030. This concludes the market data portion of our presentation for today. A special thanks to the folks from Champion Fireglass for sponsoring the today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2020. While you're working on your electrical sales forecast for 2021, you might find yourself in need of some additional and local data. Check out Electrical Marketing. An annual subscription for only $99 will give you online access to electrical sales estimates at the metro, county, and state level, electrical product sales estimates for 17 product categories at the state level, access to a construction database with hundreds of projects, and building permits at the state and local level, as well as other information on unemployment rates and gross metropolitan product. That subscription to electrical marketing will only cost $99 per year. You can subscribe to by going to www.electricalmarketing.com. Just click on the menu icon at the top left of the homepage and click on magazine subscription. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data that you would like us to cover in these podcasts. And thanks again to the folks at Champion Fire Plus for sponsoring our series of today's Electrical Economy podcast. Our next presentation will be on Monday, October 5th.